This is a Now Magazine podcast. Hello out there, all of you people in your small rooms, just like all of us. I'm Norm Wilner. I'm the senior film writer for Now Magazine, and I am somehow also the host of this podcast, which is called Now What? and deals with life in Toronto in the age of coronavirus. It's weird. We're dealing with it day by day. We're not really sure what's going on outside our doorways. And as you can tell, I'm not very good at this introduction yet, but we'll get there. Today's episode is our second episode. And again, we're still kind of feeling this thing out. But what I thought we should do this time, after depressing you all last time with stories about how all of our respective industries are just trying to stay alive, we thought we would turn this episode towards a more positive note and talk about the things that are distracting us from our seclusion We can watch stuff. We can distract ourselves with conversation. We can do almost anything except leave the house. And so what I've done today is assemble a bunch of now writers to tell me what they're doing to keep themselves distracted, to keep hope alive, and to still find joy or pleasure in the world that has gotten a lot smaller. So today joining me, we have... Uh, Glenn Sumi. I'm uh, Associate Entertainment Editor covering stage and film. Hey, I'm Richard. I'm uh, the erstwhile music editor, uh, kind of the staff writer right now during COVID times. I'm ready and Simon Play. I am the staff writer for the culture section, but really what's a section nowadays? We're all in all sections. Yeah. What is the section? What is reality? Um, I'm Natalia Manzacco. I am the life and social editor, and I also write a lot of uh, food content. And we're all here to tell you what we've been doing to just not be miserable all the time. So so in order, uh, in the same order that we've just introduced ourselves, uh, let's start with you, Glenn. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think any of us really realized uh, how long that we would be spending in our homes. You know, like I, on a typical week, I would be out four or five nights uh, a week. And I'm here like all the time. So I've been I've been splitting my time into different things. I mean, I'm still working remotely, obviously, but uh, I've just been trying to tidy up. I'm trying to sort of Marie Kondo my place, which is a very big task. We used to make jokes about it at the office, but I've been taking sort of little areas. So on the weekend, I I got that little space underneath the uh, the kitchen sink, you know, that place that <laughs> is filled with clutter and so many plastic bags. I was so ashamed of myself. You know, I, I would try to recycle and everything but they were just like building up and just throw out a bunch of stuff. Um, the other day I did my closet. When I was doing laundry, I realized I had all these shirts that I usually take to dry cleaning. So on Twitter yesterday, I just said, hey, I'm going to iron my shirts. I actually had an unopened iron that I had received for Christmas a few years ago. I had never <laughs> oh done God, it. I had always sent them out. And I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I figured out how to do it. And, um, you know, it took a long time. <laughs> but it was very, iron. it was very <laughs> satisfying. Oh, uh, no, I mean, you know. He's still further along than I am. I can't iron. This I know, is not I, the time that we need iron shirts, though. <laughs> no, I know. That's what people were saying. But it's just like it kept me hopeful. It kept me op- optimistic or whatever. Cleaned up my fridge, which actually led to cooking a lot more. So I've been... You know, cooking all my meals, um, making coffee, which I never did before. Um, and that's just very satisfying. I usually listen to music when I'm cooking. Um, sometimes I'll talk to friends when I'm cooking. Um, 
But, you know, the big thing at night, what do you do? And of course, you know, Norm, you have a lot of like old media. Rad, you do too. So do I. I have, I have like DVDs and Blu-ray uh, discs of, of films that I've never seen. So I'm catching up on those. And I'm, you know, catching up on a lot of it. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier just about the kinds of, kinds of shows and movies that we like watching. And I'm finding I don't want to watch anything that is set now. I don't want to watch, I don't, I, it's sort of like a FOMO sort of thing. I don't want to, I don't want to look at any, anything contemporary. So I've been watching a lot of uh, noir films. I find that, you know, in this age of uncertainty and anxiety, it's really nice to watch a film where, you know, people's wants and needs are very clear. They'll go after them. That is very satisfying. And they're just, they're just really cool. Um, and Mrs. Maisel, I started watching that again, a period picture or period series. I just find very satisfying. It's a bit sort of, you know, fantasy, but that is really doing the trick. Uh, and afterwards, I'll usually take, you know, a walk late at night because I'm finding uh, I'm gaining weight. I, I, you know, I'm just, we're just not walking around that much. Uh, there's very little, you know, exercise. So when, when the streets are really, um, you know, uncrowded, I'll take a walk and, um, yeah, I mean, staying in touch with with friends on the phone, which I never did before. You know, I never, I would just never even pick up when I saw people phoning. I'm phoning, of course, Zooming and Skyping and, and whatever new technology there is. Um, and it, it really does help a lot. So, Yeah, it's, the phone coming back is something that surprised me. But I guess it's just that we're not hearing a lot of strangers. We're not even strangers, but just different voices in our own spaces, right? I mean, Kate and I are here and we're yelling at the dog more often than not, so we hear each other constantly. But beyond that, yeah, we're, uh, she calls her mom. I talked to my mom yesterday and my dad the day before. And it's it's just one of those things where I don't think to call people because it always... I think now my brain has adjusted to the idea that a phone call is an intrusion, which, you mm -hmm. know, it's how we've been all yeah. dealing with cell phones. Yeah. Uh, I, even texts can be annoying sometimes. So every time I call you guys, you guys feel like it's an intrusion? Because I know you know I'm notorious for just picking up a phone and calling as opposed to, like, emails. No, it's fine. <laughs> if you're calling, I know it's important. But yeah, that's, like, it's that's the conditioning, right? Like, we know who to, who we want to see a call from or who we worry when we see the phone ring. Right. And that's mm -hmm. all, that's changed to hope now. Although, mm -hmm. I also found out yesterday that a family friend died, so that's probably going to start being a thing, right? Like they're wow. going to start dreading calls from certain people mm -hmm. um, or certain circumstances. So that, that's great. I like the phone call thing. I I, uh, I feel like that's a positive here. Uh, mm -hmm. I always preferred phone calls to like a string of like a hundred texts where it mm -hmm. takes so long to, you're asking people questions back and forth and you're like, we could have had this conversation in five minutes on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I talked to... I had like a video chat with my friend in Australia over the weekend uh, and I'm realizing, you know, it's like you're halfway across the world. Like we could have been doing this the whole time. We didn't need to wait for this uh, to do this. And I, I feel like that, like I'm starting to hear from people that I haven't heard from in, you know, months mm. and years. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's going to be the next kind of annoying new social quirk. It's like, how far down am I on your list that you're only calling me now? Yeah. <laughs> But it's true. It's an opportunity to reconnect in a weird, weird way. Totally. I mean, my um, my mom and my sisters and my brother and I are all flung all over the place. I've got a sister in Alberta and one in England and then everyone else is in Windsor and I'm here. 
and I sometimes one of them would like start a group chat on Facebook, like a video, like a video chat in the group chat, and I'd be like, guys, I don't have time for this. I have a very important job. I'm very busy. I'm very involved in my big city life right now, harumph, and now it's like, all right, fine, I'll get on the damn video chat. And you know what? It's actually been really nice. We've been like, we played, um, we played Jackbox the other day, had a little video conference situation going with that. It's, it's sweet. It's, um, you kind of forget, I think. And I, I'm kind of one of those like introverted hermity people that's cool with not talking with people for a while, but sometimes it's like, oh yeah, there are humans in my life, and sometimes I can talk to them with my voice and my face, and not just like <laughs> typing Facebook, like sending them memes on Facebook or whatever. You know, it's it's been nice. Yeah. Well, me and my cousins, uh, my cousins have a, a nightly Zoom group chat like this, and mm-hmm. when I guess conversation gets stale, they started playing Pictionary, which you could actually do through Zoom. Like, you oh yeah. Share, you could use the whiteboard and yeah. play Pictionary and use the share screen, and so we got our kids involved. So there was like a nightly game of that going on. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, the whole phone thing, sorry, I can't relate to how phones is a new thing, because you all know that I pick up the phone and call you all the time. <laughs> You're one of those. I am one of those, yes. I got one friend, and like, it has become a thing at this point, Victoria, if you are listening, my friend, like, I still do not accept you calling me on the phone all the time, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, will n- I will not abide this, I will not handle this intrusion into my life. I know, we all thought it was a form of neediness, and now it's just, we all need the neediness, I think. Mm-hmm. We're all needy. Yeah, we are. What a weird we new place. <laughs> Just I mean, bags of need walking around. <laughs> We're not walking around anywhere. Nobody's walking? No, yeah, we not can't really. walk anywhere. But Okay, what? see, this is the thing. Even, like, so we are. Yeah. Right? But, like, I mean, it is tricky handling. So, like, every, when, like, on the days that we have off, uh, we will either take our bikes down to the Leslieville, like, the Leslie Street Spit or uh, into the beaches and stuff. But the big trick is, avoiding people right like not mm-hmm. getting too close to people yeah uh because i mean like there are i mean when we were out bike riding yesterday like the, you know there were there were people who would like okay you get to a red light and they would stop three meters behind you and like you know like kind of pace it out then there's those people that really like don't give a shit and just want to crowd around the intersection so sophia like my, my wife decided to train my kids that anytime people got too close to start hack coughing and then they started like, just create, like creating distance. So like literally there was one point where like we were walk- going up Coxwell and there was like a group of five jocks walking down to the beach, I guess. But like, you know, totally dominating the sidewalk. Kids uh, and like, you know, like looked like they were like, like there was no like let's make some space or whatever as they were approaching. So the kids just start co- coughing as they see these people coming. These people decide to start walking on the middle of the road of Coxwell Avenue just nice. to avoid like my hacky ass family. So that's like yeah. our new coping mechanism. I mean, I think I think there is like an etiquette to, you know, walking out in public. I mean, I usually do it late at night. I try to avoid like the day, especially during the weekends, because there are so many people still have it in their ideas that the week weekend is when we do our shopping or whatever, window shopping for whatever, like stores that are not even open. But, uh, you know, and I actually did some whatever physical distancing walks with with a couple of friends. And we just found really, really wide sidewalks like University Avenue has Mm -hmm. those really wide, wide sidewalks. So we, you know, we could go there. And if they were narrower, one of us would actually step right into the middle of the street. Um, and the first one that I did was with with was with a physician friend. So he actually is on the front lines. But uh, you know, it's great. I mean, there are there are little things that you just have to forget that, or you just have to remember 
that, uh, you know, you're not going to hug each other at the end, but, you know, because you get into those sort of, you know, rhythms mm-hmm. when you see people that, uh, that, are, that are, you know, your best friends. Um, but uh, I just, I think that the benefit from just walking and moving and just, you know, seeing stuff. I mean, I was out late on Saturday night after midnight and it was something like uh, out of I Am Legend. It was freaky in the core <laughs> of the city. There were maybe a couple of cops. There were just, you know, just uh, random people. Um, and it's very strange, too. Like, if you do see somebody at the end of the street, it's like, oh, you know, who's going to move? Are they going to mm-hmm. move to the other side? Am I? Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I miss, too. It's just sort of like, you know, you know, before how you used to meet people's glances and just, you know, sort of, you know, hey, how are you doing? You don't get mm-hmm. that anymore. I'm finding it's just like you're just avoiding each other. You're not looking um, and just trying to stay, stay safe. So you're not finding the, the, the acknowledgments like today during like like when you see people uh, on the street during coronavirus, because I'm finding that like we used to, you know, like there's that thing between people of color where you see another like black dude, or whatever, you give that nod. Uh, whatever that nod of recognition i'm doing that mm. with white people now now that we see each other on the streets because wow. it's like because like hey people you're yeah, a person <laughs> yeah oh my god i grew up in windsor and you do that when you're walking down the sidewalk in windsor if you're walking around your neighborhood whatever mm-hmm. you see someone you give them a little nod you know of course in toronto they'd have you arrested if you did that <laughs> because you're some kind of sociopath I grew up here. I've done the nod thing my whole life. Should I not be doing that? Am I appropriating I, it? Now? I just like for me, I, uh, most people just avoid eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. I mean, for me, I wonder if it's because usually I'm walking the dog, and so people mm. might be worried and nervous. It's the dog. Yeah. It's the dog. Yeah. It's got to be the dog. dog but I do it when I'm not whole walking. Thing where, like, I used to walk my roommate's dog sometimes, and then I would have to like stop and talk to other dog people when they stopped with their dogs and I was like I don't understand the social mores of this situation like at oh, yeah, all no. oh. it's a whole different thing there there's actually a group of us on this on my street that are um trying to figure out how to make the most of this because they're uh Dexter's older but there are some people with really young dogs and they're trying to figure mm. out how to let the dogs play and and run around and things are more restrictive so now we walk by the school at the end of the block and there's five people standing in a big kind of very clearly consciously socially distant space where it looks like everybody's standing around the flying saucer outline on the ice in the thing there's just this circle of people (laughs) and six or seven dogs just running back and forth through them trying not to knock them over and it's it's like you created your own like off-leash park like kind of yeah a human perimeter around the dogs well, no, that doesn't work. The dogs just plow right through them. But uh, I think that was the intention, that everybody can sort of have a space where it's really clear what's going on. But from the distance, it looks like people Stonehenge. It's really weird. <laughs> well, that, I mean, because, like, uh, did they shut down the off-leash parks or something, like, all uh, for Doug? Uh, as I understand it right now, all the amenities are closed, which means you shouldn't be going, like, the public washrooms are closed in parks and they're not maintaining them. You can still go in. But the off-leash park is discouraged. It's it's, it's congregation, right? It's still too, the risk of too many people all coming out mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, so there is no prohibition against taking your dog to the park. But I think if you take the dog off-leash, that's probably going to be a bad idea if more than two or three people show up. I'm, I'm actually, that's another story I'm chasing on uh, okay. on this podcast. So I'll have more about that at some point down the line. Uh, Richard, yeah. your turn. What are you doing to not work and not go crazy? Yeah, uh, I'm only half succeeding. Um, 
I I don't know. I came in with these big ambitions, you know. I think like a lot of us did with like, oh look, there's a big stack of books I've been meaning to get to. <laughs> like, there's The Wire, and then I've never watched. And I want to watch The Wire, but uh, you know, then I'll find myself. It'll be like you know, midnight, and I'll realize I've just been scrolling Twitter all night, like reading the latest news about COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it has just been like comfort food kind of stuff, like. I was watching Shit's Creek. I, I've catched. Mm-hmm. I caught up on this season of Shit's Creek. Um, That's a great quarantine show. It is. It's mm. very just sort of sweet. You know, I feel like nothing is going to make you feel really bad on that show. So yeah, there's been that kind of stuff. Um, I have certain shows that just have like a nice a nice rhythm that feel comforting right now, like High Maintenance. That's a show I've been uh, banging my fist on the table about for a while anyway. You know, it's a it's a show about uh, like a weed dealer in New York City, uh, uh, like a delivery man, a bicycle guy. And he's the only I, I say it's about him. It's not really he's the only character that runs through the show. But it's about the different people in New York that he goes to. And it's just a very like empathetic and sort of humanistic show uh, that I feel like kind of fills a void for social connection in a way right now. It's also set at a lot of people's different apartments, so it kind of feels like watching people's weird live streams and that kind of thing, and their Instagram feeds. Um, and it's got, like, kind of a relaxed, stoned rhythm. It's very low stakes. Uh, you know, it's just kind of nice and comforting right now. Like, I like things that have that kind of rhythm. Um, just thinking about it now, that movie Patterson by Jim Jarmusch, where Adam Driver plays a... Uh, a bus driver. I haven't rewatched that lately, but I feel like it would be really good for right now. Yeah. I rewatched that one just a couple of years ago and it was, it's still, it's just beautiful and simple and yeah, it's all about living in the moment really. Yeah. I might go rewatch that. It'll make you want to go outside. Yeah. I mean, there's that problem too. It's like, uh, it's like watching TV, uh, when you're really hungry and just seeing a lot of commercials for food. Uh, that's kind of what it feels sometimes watching things and seeing people out at a concert or something like that in a movie mm-hmm. and thinking like, oh yeah, I remember when people did that, when that was a lot, was legally allowed. <laughs> Can I just say The Wire is, is funny because, like, I mean, first of all, that's my favorite show ever. Uh, and the only reason I was able to binge watch it and catch up with it is when Django was in the hospital when he was an infant and we spent a week in the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. it takes something to, like, shut down my entire life for me to be able to catch up on an entire series and that's how i watch mm-hmm. the wire so and richard fucking get on that man yeah <laughs> you should do it i've watched yeah. the first two episodes and i'm definitely eventually going to get around to it yeah you really have to push through the first three or four just to learn the rhythms of the show it's something yeah. that almost all of david simon's programming does which mm-hmm. can be really frustrating but it's so rewarding when you just realize all of a sudden that you understand everything like the it's like learning a language you just suddenly yeah, right. go now, if there's a subtitle function too you should probably use that because you know the dialogue is so good you just don't want to miss any words with uh, whatever milieu they're in so that really helped i would do it throughout the series i would put it on and off yeah and uh, yeah i always tell people like like because a lot of people are like oh the wire it's so slow i started it but it was so slow i'm like no just let me keep with it episode seven things start popping off right like it, it was especially with that first season yeah, it is fascinating too. It because it, it is an, the show because it was shot in four by three instead of sixteen by nine, and because mm. it 
it is designed to be watched with your full attention. It really does feel like an artifact from another era of production. Like wow. just now, everybody has to have you know there's the beat sheets, there's the structures, there's the way something has to happen every six minutes so you don't lose the audience, and then you can't mm. build towards act breaks anymore because there are no act breaks. And yeah. David Simon just does not care about any of that. He's just telling his story straight. Well, if there's ever time for a long, patient thing, right now it's a yeah. show or a movie. It's that uh, I watched um, The Irishman on New Year's Day. Because I was sort of like, when else am I going to find three uninterrupted hours to sit and watch this movie? Now, of course, we all have nothing but uninterrupted hours, but yeah. it works. What, uh, speaking to, like, uh, Norm, have you watched The Deuce? Has anyone else here watched The Deuce? I've like, watched the, the f- first two seasons, yeah. Okay, and did you love it? Or, I, mean, cause I, I like just feel a- like that's another show that doesn't get its due because nobody was able to sit past. Like, again, with David yeah. Simon, you need the buildup and everything, right? Yeah, I I will watch the third season. I, this is a, another thing that I keep thinking of. That's near the top of my list of stuff to finish. I'm just looking. Mm. Uh, sorry, no one can see this, but I'm looking over at the stack of television Blu-rays that are stuck up over there. Um, uh, the Deuce is one I want to finish. It's Yeah, I'd recommend that. It's all on Crave now, uh, all mm-hmm. three seasons. And mm. Simon's new series, The Plot Against America, which is only six episodes, uh, is is running right now on HBO and on Crave in Canada and is tremendously good but again the first episode feels a little slow it doesn't really get rolling until the second but he's just a table setter he needs to make movies about entire world or television he needs to make television about entire worlds and so he's going to build that world before anything happens in it uh it's not like you know the he doesn't have the advantage of even though the wire is ostensibly a cop show you can't start with a chase you have to lead us in uh but yeah great great television and everybody should be watching it and that's uh Damn, I just want to talk about that now, which is silly. Um, so I believe we have uh, Rad up next. Oh, um, well, I mean, I told you a lot about like, yes, we every day that I have off, we try to go for a bike ride or whatnot. Or if we're not, if it's not outdoors uh, doing the bike ride thing, we're in our trampoline um, using Spotify. Shensia has been our soundtrack on the trampoline forever. She just received released a new track called Side Chick Song, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, besides that, I mean, like, in terms of movie watching, like, I mean, look, I would love to do what Glenn was saying of, like, catching up on old movies and stuff. Like, I would love to be digging into the Criterion channel and stuff and, like, just, like, all these movies that, like, are, like, I'm just too embarrassed to admit that I've never seen. Like, that's what I would want to be catching up on. Or a show like The Watchmen, which, you know, people, these shows that people are raving about. Unfortunately, no. What really happens is when I have the time to watch a movie nowadays and catch up on an old movie, I'm kind of re... I'm going through the archive with my kids instead, like watching movies that like they have never discovered yet because they're in a different (laughs) stage. So Django is 10, Penelope is 8, or Django's turning 10. They're now graduating to where I'm allowing them to watch rated R movies. Okay. Um, So like, you know, Terminator 2 was a recent watch with the kids. Uh, You know, Django recently watched Scream. Um, Yesterday we watched Coffee and Kareem, which is not out yet, but, you know, it's like a a very raunchy comedy coming out this Friday. Um, So, like, I'm rediscovering things that they wouldn't have, I wouldn't have watched with them with the past. So the most recent one was The Matrix. Um, And so it's just like, you know, like, and so just walking them through that. So, I mean, and that's a real joy. Just like movies that, like, you know, I kind of take for granted now because they're just part of the, uh, you know, the the vernacular and whatnot. And they're so popular. But when you watch it with someone who was not around for that craze and watch them discover it, it's just kind of a whole new joy. Uh, So that's what I've been sitting through. So which ones did they loved? What are they really into? They love The Matrix. They actually, now, right now they're, they're on a real Jim Carrey kick. 
so like it's like they're like wait so ace ventura is dr robotnik is also this guy liar liar and it's like it's like they're making all like it's just like jim carrey is blowing and the grinch he's the grinch as well so it's like Uh. so like they're like now like the next next stop is truman show so they're like they're sort of working through like to the better jim carrey iconography but that's that's he's top of mind right now actually no Django wants dumb and dumber but so i'm trying to push Mm. that off to to the truman show yeah I mean, just I want to watch them. I, yeah, I want to watch them process that conflict. There, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was trying to get them to watch Speed. Just I want to see how you, Ooh, how do you yeah. like appreciate how much are you going to appreciate this kind of really low rent concept, mm. but like constant thrills. And I mean, you you are also a fan of Keanu Reeves right now because of Matrix and because John Wick <laughs> is in Fortnite. You know, like uh, really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. A, I, I mean, Fortnite that. has all the like has Avengers and John Wick and shit. So just by being a Fortnite player, Django is familiar with Keanu Reeves. Um, okay. So I want to go through the, like mine all of these different like these 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 celebrities these personas that we take for granted. Wow. Yeah, that's a fascinating experiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, well, what's your experience of these movies as you revisit them? Are they do they still work for you? Well, you know, funny enough, Matrix worked even better for me this time because I remember like the first time I was always like, like what always pissed me off about the Matrix is like Morpheus going on forever, like, what is the Matrix? Can you breathe it? Can you smell? It? Like, just fucking tell us what the Matrix is. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, like why are we playing this game? Like, it makes no sense, right? Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Now I like uh, just on. Revisit. I feel like I was a little harsh with that movie to begin with. I've always kind of really loved, like, especially the second half of it and where it goes. But it's always felt like Star Wars meets Terminator to me, right? Uh, but, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I love about it. It's this sort of comic book fusion of all these existing mythologies. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the fact that they can actually throw in all the kung fu and martial arts stuff in there at the oh, end. Yeah. I mean, I've always loved the Matrix from the spoon scene right spoon scene forward i've always loved it this time i had more appreciation for a lot of the like that 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 strip tease that morpheus does with let me peel away the layers of the matrix before i give you the full answer um but yeah uh i don't know but like i haven't i mean like we in terms of the jim carrey titles like revisiting liar liar didn't exactly like i'm like well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it, like it, it certainly hit a spot, but it's not like I'm gonna like reevaluate it in any way. Um, but by the way, when we're uh, we we need to talk about groceries at a certain point, if we're at some point on how we're handling coping with that thing. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, I think that would be definitely the focus of a future episode. There's a couple of ideas I'm banging around, <laughs> uh, mostly which is just stop licking cereal boxes. But uh, that's my current <laughs> advice for everyone right now because I'm tempted. I don't know about you guys, but the Timbit cereal is really tempting. Go. <laughs> peanut butter crunch is back really? uh yeah i bought two boxes because i'm a 51 year old man peanut butter. Uh, what you gotta do i know it's exactly it this is where we are now so so yeah uh, now what is your what is your comfort now uh before we get into me i have a question for glenn what is the weirdest thing you found cleaning your house or most mind-blowing or best uh oh good hmm i found i found like oil for like you know one of those patio lamps or whatever you know you fill the oil in there and the wick keeps going yes exactly and that thing broke like years ago but i still have this humongous thing of oil which i think is probably like a fire hazard you know um so i really should get rid of that um yeah get ready for the apocalypse yeah i was gonna say keep it on your patio and dump it on raiders that's true. Yeah. Okay. When the ravagers come, you're going to need something. What were they called in Serenity? Reavers. The Reavers. The Reavers. Oh, when the, the Reavers, reavers come, we have to be ready. 
this is what we're doing. This will be a survival podcast in about four weeks, I think. <laughs> Eventually. This is going to be, we're going to go full prepper in about six or seven episodes. <laughs> yeah, just dispatches from the darkness. Uh, but uh, yeah, so what are you, what are you clinging yeah. to in this time? So I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, I've been getting really into, you know, I've been reading the classics. I've been getting into my Criterion DVDs. That's a lie. I've been playing Animal Crossing this whole time. Um, so, but, yeah. I am also playing Animal Crossing. I, I'm somebody Did who... Did you? Uh, are you really? Wow. Yeah, I'm somebody who uh, hasn't, basically hasn't played video games since high school. Um, mm-hmm. I pitched this idea to Nintendo. Like, I want to write a story as somebody who hasn't played video games to get back into video games. Can you send me some games? And the game that they sent me was Animal Crossing. I didn't even have to wait in line at EB Games to get it. Oh, good. Good thing. Good, yeah. yeah. Uh, But I'm still trying to figure it out. Maybe you can, Natalia, sorry to interrupt you. Maybe you can tell me what this is all about. Because so far, I mean, maybe this is why people like it. It's so, (laughs) it seems so low stakes. Like, there's no real goal. It's very open-ended, like you're just, you're on a desert island, uh, and you're trying to basically, like, populate it and civilize it and uh, colonize it, in a way. Is that like Um, Minecraft? Kinda. It's kinda like Minecraft. It's like Minecraft, but it's cuter. It reminds me of The Sims, and it also reminds me of um, Legend of Zelda without the dungeons, just the parts where you're walking around the village and talking to people, and, like, catching chickens. Uh, for somebody who doesn't know a lot about video games, those are both pretty apt uh, comparisons. Actually, it's funny. I I wanted to I wanted to start this off by um, you know basically for the past couple months I've been replaying Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild just because um, you know the first time I played that game it basically just ate my life for like two months. It is a massive game. It it you can do all kinds of shit in it. It's a huge open world and it's also really beautiful and the music is really good and the the mood that it evokes is really cool. And I found myself feeling really like nostalgic um, for Breath of the Wild. I was like, man, I just want to go back there, you know, which is nostalgia for a video game is a very specific feeling. I got like, I got like eight think pieces in me just like stored up about, about that. But um, uh, so I was already kind of just burning all my free time with that Um, because there's something really meditative about it. It's really, um, you know, the the sort of beef that people used to have with the Zelda games, which, you know, they've been making them for 30 years at this point, is that they would kind of really drag you by the leash through the whole plot where you'd be like, oh, like, you wake up in a village and now you have to go over here and you get awakened as the great hero and the giant talking tree sends you on a quest and you have to go beat these dungeons in this order. And this time it was like they just give you the tools and then just kind of like let you loose into this world. And so there's something very, you know, you can literally just be like, I'm doing the quest where I'm collecting the chickens. Oh, what's that mountain over there? Let's go over there. Oh, I found a dungeon, but I don't have to do that yet. Let's go over here. Oh my God, what's that on the top of that mountain? There's a lit, you know, like it's, um, that feeling of freedom is very nice. And I think it actually feeds into something like Animal Crossing very quickly. So basically Animal Crossing is a franchise they've been making. It's They've just about come up on the 20 year mark. The first one came out when I was in high school. And I remember playing this with my siblings and like, you know, building our town and catching fish. And uh, so the whole gist of Animal Crossing, um, the latest version, which is uh, New Horizons, came out a couple weeks ago, eerily just in time for this pandemic, Illuminati confirmed... <laughs> insert X-Files theme song here. Um, 
but basically, like, it's been, like, eating all of our lives. It's all over Twitter. Everyone's posting their screen caps, their town and stuff. Basically, the whole thing is you move to a town. You are an adorable little chibi, giant-headed version of yourself that you build. And you go to this town, which is settled by Tom Nook, which is the landlord slash local shopkeeper slash basically, like, old man Potter figure. <laughs> Of all the Animal Crossing games, and, uh, you know, and then you just start, uh, you know, building your town, catching fish, making friends with the other villagers, catching butterflies, designing a house, getting to even more debt to build an even bigger house, going to other people's islands, stealing shit from their islands, bringing it back to yours, and... It really is, as you said, Rich, it's really low stakes, but I think that's why people like it. I'm noticing this trend now. Even people who haven't, um, aren't playing Animal Crossing, they're getting back into things like Stardew Valley, which is another sort of like, almost like a farming simulator game, but it's very much about like day-to-day -day life, you know, and you sort of do all these little micro tasks. They're just like building things, crafting things, you know, talking to people, courting local hotties. Um, you basically, it's a game about... <laughs> just a gamified version of like normal day-to-day -day life in a very sort of simple mm -hmm. idyllic way that I think people find very um, soothing and very, again, very meditative amid something like this. I think it's something that people can, you know, like the world outside is very bleak and horrifying and scary, but at least like your town is the same and, you know, your town in Stardew is the same, your Sims house is the same, the world of Hyrule is the same. Um, and that, I think, is something that's very comforting for people. Um, I don't know if I'm doing this just because I'm in a pandemic or because I'm addicted to video games anyway or because I played this the last three times it came out and I feel like I have to play it now. Um, but it's been good. It's, it, it may not be the kind of thing where I can emerge from this saying that I, you know, I came out of this a more cultured person with better habits and all sorts of cool new skills, but... Um, it's, uh, I'm glad that this game is there for me at a time when I need it, you know? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that's kept me from playing video games all this time is it's sort of like, when the fuck am I ever going to find the time to invest, like, 20 hours in a game or something like that? Like, it's actually right probably the biggest time suck out of any media is video games. Uh, it really and, is. And when else, now we've, I've got nothing but time, right? I'm like... The guy on the uh, Twilight Zone episode who just wanted time to read books, but then broke his glasses, and hopefully without that twist. Yeah. Is that is that a, t a Twilight Zone episode? So oh, yeah. Watching that Twilight Zone episode, it feels relevant. It's a cautionary tale now. Yeah. Uh, Bridges <laughs> well, Meredith, I think. Yeah. The nice thing about, I mean, I will say, value for money in terms of art, video games, like, you can't really... You can't really touch him. I paid 80 bucks for Breath of the Wild and I played that shit for three straight months. You know, like a book costs $20 and I can read it in, a, in a two days. <laughs> Sorry, books. <laughs> you got to admit, that's one that's one that's one place where video games have got to be. Um, yeah. And I think, too, it's like it really all it, it all depends on what I think you really want to do, because like Richard, your thing is not video games. My thing is video games. Right. Um you know, it's it's all about what your brain is just telling you is the thing that's going to, you know, give you the most dopamine per time spent. And that's totally yeah. fair, right? Yeah, I've uh, I've been meaning to watch more horror movies because those are my comfort food, older films especially. And I haven't quite gotten to it yet. I watched the two It's. Uh, Kate hadn't seen the first one, so we watched the first one. And then I watched the second one finally to catch up to it. And that was five hours. And it, 
just it didn't scratch the right itch. You mean mm-hmm. the new the new its or the old its? The new ones, yeah. The new yeah, ones, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. new the second part is terrible. I know, it was really disappointing. And and yet it has four people from the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby in it. It should be so much better. <laughs> no, Norm, I was thinking the same thing. I thought, oh, horror would be great, pure escapism, you know, it's fantasy. But for some reason, because things are so horrific and uncertain out there, I just don't feel like going to this space. You know, and watching other people go through it, I thought it, I thought they would be cathartic, and I just haven't wanted to put them on. And I have a big horror library, so well, the whole the whole world right now is a zombie movie, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a change of pace. Watch Unfriended. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, we, like, look at how we're all socializing right now. Now all we need is a fucking ghost to haunt us during Zoom. <laughs> Or even what was that John Cho movie we were talking about, Richard? The one oh, where searching, searching. Yeah, that actually worked really well. I watched that a couple of days into the pandemic, and I thought, oh, this fits with my life. I thought it was very clever. It, you know, it wasn't great, but it passed two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It, the ending's a little yeah. weak, isn't it? Yeah, the it ending. Is, is, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, Nat uh, was talking about like, yeah, like my Twitter feed is a lot of people playing animal crossing and i have no idea like about you know like now now i have an idea like this is the first time anyone explained to me what this game is uh, but the other thing everyone's talking about on twitter is tiger king right i don't know that who watched that oh man i did <laughs> okay because i mean i so i reviewed it um and i mean my thing was this is an absolutely insane story it's not a very well told doc series but like you know you just can't look away uh, I don't yeah, know how it's you about, guys felt about that. It's about a bunch of train wrecks of people. I, I saw somebody say it was it was good because it's the only thing that's crazier than what's happening outside. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. The it was only a, thing. <laughs> it was a good way to pass seven hours, I guess, or however long it is. Seven yeah. episodes. It's just it's just exotic animals and meth, right? Or is there more? I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, it's just so much more. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a soap opera. It is a film noir. It is a... There's just like... There, it's just like... If if someone had written that as fiction, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're like, I have too many plot lines going on here. And it's like, it's right. real life. It's like... Yeah, real life is always weirder. It's always so much weirder. Because real life doesn't appeal... doesn't uh, have any respect for story structure. That's what I found. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, you know, you need a you need a third act revelation. It's like, no, we're going to do that every 35 seconds. We're just going to have new revelation. I mean, that's what we're dealing with now. Everything is just <laughs> coming at us too fast. I'm trying to figure out how to schedule episodes ahead without knowing where we're going to be or what we're going to be doing. Well, you but, know, okay, I won't identify which one, but one of the stories I wrote for now, this like over that I've been writing for, I think, I feel like 10 days now, it just kept fucking changing every day right like a new news development and stuff and it's like a, and like i think so yeah. like it's been five days it was supposed to be published published five days later and the final story that was published was nothing like the story that it started off with because of how government policy and the way things have been developing outside has been changing it so yeah i can't keep up with this world even though we're all stuck in one place and can't be nothing should be changing that's the thing i'm still trying to cope with the sense that i'm not moving but i'm going a mile like 100 miles a minute it just yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I should be physically more tired, but I'm not. I'm just mentally exhausted. That's what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. The sense that my brain is working while my body is just slowly collapsing into a, a, a triangle shape. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which seems like a pretty good place to end it, because once I run out of words, it's all going downhill. Uh, but thank you guys for coming out. For Well, coming out. See? Even our language is changing. Uh, thank you all. Glenn, Rad, Richard, Nat, 
uh, we will reconvene at some point. The next couple of episodes are going to be more uh, outside the box in terms of who we talk to, but um, I can't even promise which one will come next because I have no idea what what circumstances are going to do in the next three days. But tune back in on Friday. We will have another episode of Now What? And uh, you can write to us at web at nowtoronto.com. We received one email from a reader over the weekend, which was very nice, except that it was all about the swears. I did a poll. Everybody else <laughs> oh. likes the swears. Shit, so, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Like, 107 people say it's fine. Don't worry about it. But... Uh, yeah, thank you all. Stay safe, wash your hands, stay indoors, listen to what the government tells you, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Hang in there. See you. Bye. Thanks, Norm. Bye. Later, guys.